If you have a Bible, turn in it to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, if you don't have a Bible, you can turn the uh, back inside back cover of your bulletin. There's a, a scripture we're going to be looking at is there. There's a place to take notes with an outline. <clears throat> we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. But I'm going to read from verse 2. So friends, listen. This is God's Word. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. This is God's Word. Okay, we're getting to know Paul. We're getting to understand who he is. Um, He's sitting in prison and he's waiting to die. Right? We've been looking at this over the last four weeks. But what's striking is that in the midst of his suffering, Paul thinks about Timothy. Paul thinks about someone else. He's suffering and he's thinking about others. Timothy's a young pastor that Paul has discipled or or mentored. The word disciple is just a spiritual way to, it's, it's spiritual mentoring. Um, And so Paul sends Timothy a letter. And in this letter, we get a window into what made Paul tick. Okay, we can understand what Paul thought, what he was thinking about, and and how he was responding. Um, In his suffering, Paul remembers his mission. And as he remembers his mission, he embraces his mission. And so he reaches out to Timothy to further help and encourage him in his life. Paul wants Timothy to know Jesus more deeply and personally, and that's why he writes to him. Okay? Now, Paul's mission to disciple others is part of our mission too. Right? All of us, no matter what our calling is in life, no matter what our job is, all of us have as part of our mission um, the need to help other people follow Jesus. Okay, that's part of all of our mission. We are all called by God to help other people follow Jesus. And one of the most significant ways that we can do that, um, one of the most significant ways we can embrace this mission is through intentional relationships with other people. Okay, intentional relationships where we are helping each other to know Jesus and follow him. Okay, it's relationships like this one between Paul and Timothy, you know, where they encourage each other and they help each other. And so two weeks ago, uh, in the sermon and then in an email that I mailed that I sent out to all of the folks that are on our email list, um, I asked you to assess yourselves. Right? Do you remember this? I asked you to assess yourself. Where are you in terms of embracing this mission of making disciples? And um, so you remember these are most of the categories. Um, where are you in embracing your mission? And we just use these categories of Timothy and Paul, right? The mentor and the mentee, right? And so if you were number two, you said, I'm a Timothy without a Paul. Right? That means I'm following Jesus, but I don't have someone more mature in the faith who is intentionally helping me grow. Okay, three was I'm a Timothy with a Paul. So I am following Jesus, and I have someone more mature in the faith who is intentionally helping me grow. Okay, then four, I'm a Paul without a Timothy, which means I'm mature enough to be helping other people grow, but I'm not. Okay, I might not know how, I might not think I have time, I might be afraid to try, but, but that's where I'm at. Uh, and then a five, I'm a Paul with a Timothy. And that's those of you who say, I, I am currently discipling one or more other people. 
I know it, and they know it. Okay, and so I got 69 responses from the connection cards and then from the email, and so um, this is how they all lined up. Okay, those are the numbers. So we have 24 people that are Timothy's without a Paul, 14 who are Timothy's with a Paul, 13 who are Paul's without a Timothy, and then 18 folks who are Paul's and they're actively discipling Timothy's. Now, the numbers, I think, are good. We'll talk a little bit about those. Um, what I loved even more, though, were some of the comments that I got on the cards and in the emails. I wanted to share some of these with you because I think you can relate. Uh, one person said, well, I'm a three and a five. It just depends on how I'm feeling that day. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling good. I'm a five. I'm not feeling so good. I'm a three. Um, someone else said, well, I feel like a five, but I'm not discipling to my full potential Mostly because I feel too busy. I think we can relate. Someone else had a, had a question. Is it possible to be a Paul and a Timothy? You know, I disciple people, but I also seek out spiritually mature people to speak into my life. It's good. Um, somebody else kind of agree in the same vein. I think we should all have both Pauls and Timothys in our lives. We all need mentors. And then someone said, you know, some of the people I disciple don't know it because it's not a formal thing, but I am discipling them. Okay, then there was somebody, I'm hoping y'all will, I hope someone's going to claim this. Someone just wrote Seahawks fan 12. <laughs> I need someone with a gift of interpretation of tongues maybe. To kind of translate this one for me, uh, the, best, the, the best thought I had was maybe this is uh, rooting that the Seahawks, because again, this was two weeks ago, maybe this was like some sort of a prayer that the Seahawks would make it to the Super Bowl, right? Seahawks fan, I'm hoping they're going to be either number one or number two, right? So they make it to the Super Bowl. Um, or, or maybe it's actually um, an insult to the Seahawks, saying that Seahawks fans are all either ones or twos in this, in this rating. Not really sure, but uh, so yeah, if that's one of you, please let me know. Um, okay, uh, then someone else said, my life group is my Paul. Okay, my life group is my Paul. And then someone else, I fluctuate between two and three. So I go back and forth. Sometimes I have a Paul, sometimes I don't. Somebody else said I'm somewhere between three and four. So again, like, this is real, right? This isn't, yeah, I mean, this is challenging for some. This is, this is complicated for some. When you think about this, this is going to impinge on your schedule. Like, I get all that. I get all that. Um, I think with these numbers, I mean, it seems like what we need to do is match up the fours with the twos, right? Right? We have Timothys who don't have Pauls. So if you're one of the Pauls without a Timothy, just know that, right? Know there's people in our church that are looking for someone to help them grow, um, and maybe we need the threes to see if they might be ready to become a five, right? And do for others what they have, been, what's been done for them. My goal, my hope, my prayer for our church is that we would be a place where non-Christians and young Christians can connect to a group and then connect to people who can disciple them, right? So that everybody would be moving up, you know, in this way, um, and the biggest question as I've talked to people is how. When I, when, I, when I talk to folks and I hear where they're coming from, it seems like the biggest question is how. Like, how do I become a five? 
right? How do I become someone who can disciple other people? Or how do I know if I am a five? You know, what do I do if I want to learn to be a five? Um, someone said, I'd like to help someone in my life group, but I feel kind of presumptuous asking someone else to follow me, right? Hey, I want to be Paul in your life. Come, follow me, right? I mean, what's the, it's kind of hard for people to say that, isn't it? Um, or, or just as often, I've heard people say, okay, I'm thinking about asking somebody, but if they say yes, like, what do I do? <laughs> like, what do I do with them? What does it mean? Like, what do we do when we get together? We just stare at each other and let the God speak? Or, I mean, how does that work, right? And so, what do I do to disciple people? And that's the question we're going to answer over the next five weeks, okay? We're going to answer that question over the next five weeks as we learn by watching the Apostle Paul do it himself with Timothy, okay? We're going to learn how we can grow to be someone that can disciple someone else, okay? So if you're ready to embrace this mission, embrace discipling others as part of your mission, um, that's what we're going to look at. So the question is, where do you begin? Right? Where does the mission begin? And what if I told you, what if I told you that discipleship begins with something that you can't screw up? Right? I know there's things, if you, if you have this idea in your mind, a picture of you with someone else trying to disciple them, I know there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. There's all kinds of things that are uncertain. But what if I told you that your mission here begins with something that you cannot screw up? That'd be good news, wouldn't it? I mean, come on, sign me up. What, yeah, what is it? Right? You can start embracing this mission and you can't do it wrong. Okay? That's what we're going to look at today. So in making disciples, in growing you into someone who can be like Paul was to Timothy, this is the blank on your outline. Your mission begins with prayer. Okay? Your mission to disciple others begins with prayer. That's what Paul does in verse 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. So if you want to learn how to disciple, it begins with prayer. It begins with going to God and praying for them. You pray for them. I mean, if you look back at verse 2, Right? What Paul wanted to give to Timothy, his beloved child, was grace, mercy, and peace from God. And so you go to God in prayer, and you ask God to show them, to share with them the blessings of grace, mercy, and peace. Right? You want them to learn to live their lives filled with God's presence and his blessings. Friends, I don't know, I mean, this is the simplest thing in the world. Okay? It's the simplest thing in the world to pray for other people. It's not the easiest thing. Okay? It's not easy. Um, it's easy like for a day. <laughs> it's easy for a week maybe, but the more you pray, sometimes the harder it becomes and you have to push through that sort of growing habit thing and you get into a rhythm. Um, but it's the simplest thing in the world. Um, you, you can't screw up praying for someone else. Okay, you, you can't do it wrong. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says in Romans 8 that even when we don't know what to pray for, God himself, the Spirit of God, intercedes for us. 
And so it's almost as though like you pray, and if you pray the wrong thing, the Holy Spirit takes your prayer and reshapes it and then presents it to God. And so you can't do this wrong. You can't, even when you pray the wrong thing, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. And so you can pray for people. This is where it starts. The efforts that you want to make to become someone who can disciple others, to become someone who can have a spiritual impact on other people, it starts by praying for them. You pray for them. I love what Paul says here in verse 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. Paul's got a clear conscience. There's no shame in the presence of God. Right? When you go to God in prayer, you can have a clear conscience. Not because you've done everything right, but because Jesus is your Savior. Because when you go into the presence of God, you come in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We're saying, God, not based on my own life, not based on my own works, but based on the perfection of Jesus, I come. And God says, welcome. You can stand in my presence blameless with great joy. This is the hope that the gospel gives us, right? It's grace, mercy, and peace. So we're not perfect, but we're forgiven. Right? Not perfect, but we're forgiven. And there's all kinds of things that we could say about prayer, right? Books have been written about prayer, but Paul really speaks about one particular kind of prayer in this verse, in verse 3. And uh, he says, I thank God whom I serve as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. And so the kind of prayer that Paul is offering for his disciple Timothy is thankful remembrance. Okay, the kind of prayer that Paul is, is praying for Timothy is thankful remembrance. And there are really three, there's three people that we offer this kind of prayer for. Okay, there's three people that are the reason why we offer prayers of thankful remembrance. Okay, we're going to walk through those in the rest of our sermon um, first, we pray these prayers of thankful remembrance for God. Okay? We're not praying for God. <laughs> but we're offering these prayers because of who God is. Okay? Let me explain. Well, first of all, as Paul thinks about what Timothy needs, right? As Paul is in prison and he realizes what he, the, the first thing that he wants to do for Timothy is to pray. Right? Paul is praying for Timothy. Um, and so Paul realizes that his mission, his mission to help Timothy become a pastor who's going to win, who's going to succeed, who's going to be able, uh, who's going to, be able to, to actually fulfill his mission. Right? The beginning of that, like Paul has to remember, and we have to remember too, that as our mission begins, you don't begin alone. Okay? As you want to disciple others, as you want to grow to become someone who can disciple someone else, um, as you begin to think about how you can have a spiritual influence on other people today, even if you're not discipling them, right? Even if you're not discipling them, but you just want to have an influence, you just want to be a blessing to someone else. Again, you start that effort and you're not alone. You go to God. This is why we pray. 
We pray because in all of your efforts, you are not alone. God is with you. You go to the source, right? You go to the one who gives every good and perfect gift. You go to the one who alone can actually make a difference in someone else's life. Okay, Paul knew this. Paul knew that only God could grow Timothy. Paul could write all that he wants. He could write, I mean, he could explain all of the mysteries and have all knowledge and impart all of this to Timothy. But if God isn't with him, if God doesn't do something, then all of his efforts will amount to nothing. And he says this, right? He says this in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And Paul just, he takes the idea of spiritual development and he puts it on a farm. He says, here's what I did. I taught in my teaching. I was planting seeds. And then I left, you know, as the church got started, I left and Apollos was the pastor there in Corinth. And so Apollos continued to teach and so he was watering. But it's God who causes the growth. It's God who causes the growth. And so when we pray for others, when you have thankful remembrance of others, you're reminding yourself, you are rehearsing the reality that ultimately God has to work. Okay, and so you're going to God, recognizing that God has to work. That's why we pray. And when you pray specifically in this thankful remembrance kind of way, it reminds you that there are things to be thankful of, thankful for in the people that you're discipling. Right? In the people that you want to influence, the best thing to do to start with is to be thankful for them. Okay? You want to be thankful for them. This can help override frustration that you have with them. Because that will come. That will come. There are issues that Paul needs to deal with in Timothy's life. There are issues that Timothy has that Paul is going to address. But he starts with thankful remembrance. That's where we want to start. Because when you can be thankful for someone, right? God, thank you that they are breathing, (laughs) right? Sometimes you have to stretch. God, thank you that they're in my life. Thank you that they need me desperately in their life, right? I mean, I'm just thinking like if there's nothing good in them, thank, I mean, just ways to be thankful for them, okay? When it's hard, when it's easy, that's great. God, thank you that we have this relationship. Thank you for their friendship. Thank you for the gifts that I see in them, right? God, thank you that you have a relationship with them. Thank you that they're trying to follow you. Thank you, right? I mean, you want to be thankful for them because when you do do that, that puts you in the right frame of mind to disciple them. Okay, we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks, actually. So, this kind of thankful remembrance also brings God into the situation, right? It just reminds you, not only does God cause the growth, but God is in, intricately involved, right? When you're thankful, it can bring joy into your circumstances when you're frustrated, right? These kinds of relationships, if you've tried this before and felt like, man, it just didn't go well. I didn't, you know, when I got to know them, they, I didn't like them. They were kind of irritating. They didn't do what I said. I mean, anything like that, right? Well, if that happened, you're doing it right. Okay? If that happened, you're doing it right. That's part of discipleship. 
Okay? That's just part of how it is. And so sometimes thanking God for them is just a remembrance that, no, 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 let, let, let's let God's joy come in to our relationship. Um, being thankfully, like thankful remembrance, um, when, you, when you pray that way, it can also lift you up out of your situation. Right? God can use that to kind of lift you up and to think about someone else. The biggest reason why we do this um, for God is because when we pray this way, when we pray for the people that we want to disciple, it gives God glory. Okay? It gives God glory because he's the one in charge and our prayers acknowledge that. He has all the power and our prayers acknowledge that. Um, when we pray to God and are thankful in remembering the people we're discipling, it reflects a humility in us. Right? It reflects a dependence on us. It's us honoring the power of King Jesus in our lives. And then our prayers are us living out the story of redemption. Right? Because when we pray this way, we are living out the mercy of God. Remember last week? Creation, redemption, and then consummation. When you make a decision to pray for someone else, okay, when you are thankfully remembering someone else in your prayers, at that moment, you are living out the reality that God is at work in the world. Your life, that you are looking to God, that you are reaching out for him, that you are asking him to work, is an expression of the story of God's redemption in the world. So we pray this way. We pray for others for God. It gives him glory. It recenters us. Um, secondly, um, we pray for the sake of our Timothys, right? This makes sense. I mean, it starts with God, but then we're also praying for them. We're praying for them. So they need to know that you're praying for them, right? The first thing that Paul wants Timothy to know he wants me to know, hey, I'm praying for you. Timothy, I'm praying for you. And, and it's not just that I'm praying for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you're in my life. I mean, you can imagine if Timothy is struggling, we'll see that he is. Um, but if Timothy is struggling, for him to get a letter from Paul, if Timothy is struggling and he feels guilty because he's not doing what he's supposed to do, because if he's cowering in fear, if he feels like he's failing as a pastor, he gets a letter from Paul, and you can imagine what Timothy might think is going to be in that letter. Right? Timothy, you're screwing up. Timothy, like I've heard, like what, what is wrong with you? Like, seriously, Timothy, haven't we been over this? Didn't I teach you this? Hello, I'm an apostle. You're like, what is wrong with you? For people that are self-conscious, that is a, I mean, that's, I don't think that's stretching to think that that might be what races through Timothy's mind when somebody shows up and says, I have a letter from Paul. And yet, what is, what is Timothy here? Timothy, I thank God for you. I'm thankful to God for you. I'm thankful that you're in my life. I'm thankful, and we'll see what else Paul says. He's, I, I, I'm remembering you constantly in my prayers night and day. Timothy's like, man. I still remember the first time I ever heard 
that someone was praying for me. It was 23 years ago. I was sitting in my 11th grade English class because I remember this. I couldn't believe it. I had just become a Christian and I found out from some of my new friends that they had been praying for me. Like they'd been praying for me actually to become a Christian and then they were thanking God that I was a Christian. And I just remember being, I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Because to me, I thought, so they were, they were talking to God and I came up. Like they were sacrificing their time with God for me. Their energy, like they were spending time, like they were remembering me in their prayers. It changed me. It changed me. I was sitting in the far left aisle of, of desks. Um, there were, th- I think, three desks in front of me. I think one or two. Bo- I mean, I just remember sitting there realizing that I was being, pr- like, that I'd been prayed for. This is the power of letting our Timothys know that we're praying and letting them know that we're thankful for them. Right? The encouragement. I mean, we all desperately need that. Prayer is so many things. Prayer is so many things, but prayer is it's, it's intercession. Right? It's intercession. It's standing in the gap between the person you're praying for, the person you're wanting to disciple, and God. You know, I've heard an illustration used a little bit differently, but, you know, I mean, think about the Super Bowl, you know, you go with the binoculars, right? And you've got these binoculars, and if you hold them too wide, you've got these two circles that you're looking at, right? And they're separate, right? Because they're too wide for your eyes. And then you sort of, you fold them in, right? And then the circles come together. Well, so I think this is what prayer is. And I want you to catch this. That in prayer, you've got these two lenses. You have the person you're praying for, right? And all the things that you can be thankful for, all the problems that they have, like who they really are, good, bad, and ugly, right? You've got them in one lens. And then on the other lens, you've got God. You've got the all-loving, all-powerful, revolutionary, on-the-move, new beginnings, new possibilities, freedom, salvation, redemption, God. Right in this one. And you bring these lenses together. And when they come together, you see a Christian on his or her knees. That's why we're praying for the folks that we want to influence, the folks that we want to disciple. It's because we want to put one hand on their shoulder and the other hand reaches up into heaven and we want to bring these two things together. We want to bring them into the presence of God. And how can we not pray for the people that we know and love? What a privilege. What an amazing privilege that we have to go into God's presence and remember someone else. And I think when we remind ourselves to be thankful for the people that we're praying for, it can remind us of their, the, the best of who they are. Right? It gives you a chance to rehearse, oh yeah, this is what I love about this person, or this is what's great about this person. 
because sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes we need some help to remember the good things because it's easy just to focus on the bad, isn't it? So we do this thankful remembrance for God's sake. We do it for the sake of our Timothys. And then third, we do it for ourselves. We do it for ourselves. As you pray for them, as you thank God for them, as you remember them, you change. You change. As you pray for God's grace, mercy, and peace for them, right? As you pray for them to know that God is for them, you realize, whoa, wait, God is for me too. As you pray for the story of redemption to come true in their lives, for them to be set free from their sin, for them to be set free to be honest, you realize that's also the story God is telling in your life. Right? As you pray for the peace, the consummation, for everything to become perfected in their life, you realize that's the hope that God is stirring in you as well. And so, I mean, this is where, you know, if you want to think back to the images that we've used with the cup and the pitcher and the funnel, right? As your prayer is this funnel for God, like from God into this other person, as you're praying for them, God blesses you. Your cup ends up running over even though you're pouring yourself out for them. I mean, I can see why Paul is able to celebrate now. Because he is just praying that God would fill Timothy. He is praying for Timothy. He knows how desperately Timothy needs him. And so as he prays for Timothy, he realizes, you know what, there is so much that I have to be thankful for, even in this prison cell, even in my suffering. When you can't be thankful for your own life, then maybe God gives you Timothy so that you can be thankful for theirs. Sometimes that's all you need. I think this verse bears revisiting in this sense. Uh, under this, we pray this way for ourselves too, right? God, remember, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So you have to, and this is sort of where healthy boundaries come in. Right? Because one of my favorite verses is in John. Uh, if it's my favorite, I should know where it is, right? Um, it's the end of chapter 3, where they go to John the Baptist, and they're like, John, this is messed up. Jesus is over there, and he's baptizing more people than you are. That's not good. You're going to lose your ministry. His church is growing. Your church isn't. His thing's working out better than your thing. Like, what are you going to do? John the Baptist says, really simply, he says, I'm not the Christ. He says, I'm not the Savior. Go, go to him, right? And so John has this really healthy sense. And, and I think for us, we need to remember that, right? That as a discipler, as someone who wants to disciple someone else, all that you do is plant or water. You're not responsible for their growth. Are you with me? And so we pray to God because he causes the growth and that can help us to not become codependent on their spiritual development.
Okay, codependency runs roughshod in the church, just like it does in families, where we become unable to handle our lives or feel like we're doing something wrong if they're not making the right decisions. And this verse can help us with that. God says, you want to disciple somebody? Fantastic. You plant, you water, leave the growth to me. And so we pray for them and we give them to God, right? As we pray, we're saying, God, here's what I've done. I need you to do what I can't do. I can't change their heart. I can't make them do anything. I can, I'll do my best to plant. I'll do my best to water. But God, you have to cause the growth. And I guess I hope that hearing that sort of just lifts a burden off of you as you think about discipling. As you think about discipling other people and helping them grow, right, you're just trying to help them know the God that you know. You're inviting them into your relationship with God. You are asking them how they're doing. You're sharing truth with them that you've learned. Um, but it's not your responsibility that they change. Right? That's God's responsibility. And so we pray this for ourselves. I think also uh, what is exciting to me and what happens to me is that, um, that sometimes praying and saying, God, I need you to do this. God, I can't do this. I feel like sometimes I hear God say, you're right, you can't do this. Thank you for giving that to me. I can carry that. You can't. It's too heavy for you. But I want to give this to you because here's something you can do. Here's a thought that I'd like you to share with them. Here's a truth that I'd like you to share with them. Here's a story from your past that I think might help them. Here's some scripture that might encourage them. And so even in the act of praying and giving them to God, I find that sometimes God will say, okay, yes, I'm responsible for their growth, and you know what? I, wanna, I want you to work with me in this. And so as we pray, again, this is part of the transformation that takes place in our own hearts we become better equipped. And God says, okay, and here's how I want you to work with me. Right? I'll do my part. Here's what I want you to do. When we do this, it shapes us to be more like Paul. More like Paul um, with the rest of our mission. Right? With our mission, we can be like Paul. And so, so this week, right, I want you to think about this week. Um, no matter where you are on the scale, if you are a Timothy without a Paul, a Timothy with a Paul, a Paul without a Timothy, or a Paul with a Timothy, um, go to God in thankful remembrance for people in your life. If you're a Paul, then bring your Timothys. Remember your Timothys. Thankfully, remember your Timothys. Um, if you're a Timothy, um, think about who God has put around you that you can pray for. Right? And just do this this week and see what happens. Right? Seven days. Seven days. Do this. The greatest tool that I can, that, that I've used in this, um, in this effort, um, are prayer cards. Okay? Praying for other people is, um, is a hard thing to do. It's always been hard for me. I'm not like a natural at it. I got to really work at it. It's difficult. Um, 
And so I read this book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller that was really helpful in my prayer life. And, um, and he used these prayer cards and they're really secret. They start out blank and uh, you just write names on the cards, okay? And you just start praying for them. And if there's things that you want to see God do in their lives, then you just write that down. Um, so it's really, really complicated. Um, so mine are really complicated because I have two colors. So I've got white and I've got yellow. Um, the, the whites are the church and my work. Um, the yellows are my family. And um, so all my kids have a card. Lainey has a card. I have a card. Um, you know, staff, um, our leaders, life group, people I'm discipling, you know, um, have a card that's white. And, um, and what's amazing about this, what's amazing about this, I could talk a long time about this, but um, what's amazing about this is that I find that when I write my prayers down and then I actually go back and look at them, right? What, what this has done is it's given me a system to actually have the things that I'm praying for written down, you know? And so I don't pray for these every day. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes I pray for all of them. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to do the family. Sometimes I just do the, you know, the church. Um, or sometimes like just a couple people. Yeah, there, it's just, the, the point is just that you regularly pray and you're bringing thankful remembrance um, with the people that you're praying for. Um, what I have found is I'll write a date down. Like I started praying for this particular thing for this one of my kids. And then three months later I look and I think, man, it's different. It's different than it was. And I'd never know, because I mean, that's the hard part is that we forget. Like we pray for stuff and then we forget. This helps me not forget. And so I know people that do it in a journal. I mean, heck, you can do it in your CBR journal. Um, you can do it there too, um, where you're just writing down. I have actually started in my CBR journal prayers when I pray for illumination and ask God to teach me. I'll ask him to teach me and other people that I'm praying for, you know, so you can combine this with your CBR, like what we're talking about here with CBR that maybe you're already doing. But these cards have been helpful just because they make it intentional for me. And, uh, and it's been helpful for me to do that. So I offer this as, as a great tool. But, so I hope that this week you'll just pray and commit. You'll, you'll commit to praying for others, that you will thankfully remember them before God, that you'll bring them and God together in your prayers this week and let's see what happens let's see what happens pray with me father we give you glory and praise we thank you for this simple truth and yet it's so profound god we want to see you at work around us we want to see ourselves grow to become more like paul Father, all of us want to be able to influence people and help them to know you better. All of us want to be able to strengthen the, the spiritual lives of others. And we thank you that it starts here. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us something that we can't screw up. Thank you that you've given us something that we can do in your presence so that you can work on us as we ask you to work on them. And we just declare today, together, that you are the one who causes growth that all the things that we want to see happen, you need to make happen. And so we commit ourselves to praying this week, looking to see what you're going to do in our lives, in our hearts, in the hearts of the people that we care about. 
And Father, we know there's people here too that, that don't know you yet. They have not even begun to pray yet. And we pray that you would show them out of this loving relationship between Paul and Timothy, please help them to see that this is your heart for them, that you want to spend time with them so much that you came, you died and rose again. Help them to see that and to trust you and to begin to speak to you in their own words, asking you for help and guidance. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.